Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey, Meredith. Super happy to be here today. Yeah. Um, I kn- <laughs> we sadly uh, have just one regular season college football game uh, to talk about from this weekend, uh, the Army-Navy game. Did you have a chance to catch it? Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, but as always, it was a hard fought, gritty game. I love watching the army Navy game and a big upset as well with Navy winning. Yeah. Um, you know, having attended the air force Academy, it's always a little exciting to watch that game, but hopefully, uh, the commanders in chief commander and chiefs trophy, uh, we like to keep in Colorado Springs with Air Force. Um, yeah, big win for Navy. Big win for Navy. Uh, good for them. Um, but, you know, certainly an exciting opportunity for the service academies to be playing uh, separate from the rest of the college football universe and to sort of have their own place. Um, although, remember a few years ago, I think it was Army was competing for um, – I think it was Army, maybe it was Navy. Uh, one of them was competing for a pretty major bowl, and the fact that they played so late after bowl announcements was like hindering their efforts. Right. I mean, like I'm, I love the fact that they have kind of their own weekend in college football. But yeah, like you're saying, it definitely could end up hurting them as well if they're actually competing for a bowl game. But Army's already in a bowl game, so this loss didn't even hurt them. But yeah, definitely something to think about when it comes to playing this late in the season. For sure. Um, but speaking of bowl games, we have our first one coming up Friday uh, with the Bahamas Bowl between Middle Tennessee and Toledo. Yeah, I mean, not not the biggest teams, but hey, football's football and it's played in the Bahamas. So they don't care how big of a program they are. They get to go to the Bahamas and play in a bowl game. So should be an exciting game. I mean, I'll watch it. 
not too many bowl games until, you know, later this month, but should be a good game. Yeah. And I think you're totally right in terms of if you're a player at one of these programs, like how much are you pulling for a bid to something like the Bahamas Bowl? Right. I mean, I'd rather be in the Bahamas Bowl than the Idaho Potato Bowl or like one of these random states. Like I will happily go to the Bahamas. For sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, kudos to all of the players from Middle Tennessee and Toledo who will get to take advantage of that. Um, so since we did just have the one regular season college football game this past weekend, uh, all eyes were definitely on the NFL. Um, we will have Saturday football this coming weekend uh, in the NFL, which is very exciting. Um, but of course, we had yet more drama out of Jacksonville because Urban Meyer cannot seem to stay out of the news for all of the wrong reasons. I just can't believe it at this point. Like, it's just for the stupidest reasons. Like, getting into an argument with your receiver, uh, arguments over not starting your best running back. Like, he, and he, at the end of the game, when he barely shook Vrabel's hand, like, it's just a disaster. He just seems like a disaster. It's just all falling apart. I'm shocked that he is still there. I can guarantee you he won't be there after this season, but it's just one thing after the next, and it's just not a good look for Herbs at all. Yeah, and just to recap, so uh, all of the drama that Megan alluded to um you know, dating back to when Urban did not fly back with a team from their loss in Cincinnati and then was later caught um, dancing very closely with a woman who was not his wife, uh, it, it hasn't stopped since. Uh, so in the last two weeks, according to sources close in Jacksonville, um, Marvin Jones, who's one of the veterans in that Jacksonville locker room, a super respected receiver, uh, apparently got so frustrated that he left the practice facility because Meyer was continuing to criticize Jones specifically um, and had to be convinced to come back. Uh, apparently, Meyer called his assistant coaches losers during a staff meeting. Um, he's very much denying that. Uh, but there's a lot of folks within the organization who are saying that, no, he did say that. Um, and then there's been some... Uh, questions about his benching of Robinson, his running back, um, and his preference for playing Carlos Hyde, who I love. We all know he went to Ohio State, um, but you know Robinson is definitely <laughs> the starter in Jacksonville, um, and so lots of questions about what exactly he's thinking, and it's become very clear to folks around the league how much he's been deflecting blame to his assistants and players instead of taking responsibility for things himself. Right, and in the process of all this, he's totally lost the locker room, and it's reflecting in their play as well. I mean, Trevor Lawrence just seems to be getting worse and worse every week, and we all know how great he is, and Urban is just not a good fit for him. And they just got shut out yesterday. So, I mean, their team, they have potential. I don't think they're truly as bad as they look. But Urban is just failing miserably at his NFL head coaching attempt. And I honestly just feel bad for the Jags because he's just taking all the attention away from they should be practicing, but instead he's 
he has so much drama happening and all the attention's on him. So I don't know. It's just not a good look at all. And I feel bad for the Jags. Yeah. Um, so Jags, odor. I didn't realize this because I'm not a Jacksonville fan per se, uh, but their owner, Shad Khan, uh, is known for giving coaches maybe more chances than other owners might. Um, he did give the previous coach uh, four seasons, coach before him four seasons. Um, and so we'll see. Obviously, this is a pretty disastrous and, you know, drama for all of the wrong reasons uh, situation. So we'll see if Meyer is given the same uh, – I guess, deference that Khan has given his other coaches. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty silly situation. Um, I'm sorry, Megan, for this next statement, but along with the Jets, the Jaguars were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yesterday. Honestly, I was shocked that we were still in it. So I was just kind of like, oh, we actually had a chance up until yesterday. So whatever. I mean, obviously it was going to happen, but guess we'll try again next season. Uh, know the feeling. Um, Browns had a big win over Baltimore, so I'm still riding that wave. Um, but back into college football, uh, you know, one of the big stories out of last week, obviously the Heisman presentation, um, always a great moment. It did end up going to Bryce Young, uh, making Alabama the sixth, sixth excuse me, team to have back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, obviously Devontae Smith taking home the trophy last year. Um, one of the stories, though, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Michigan's defensive end, finished second overall. What are your thoughts, Megan? Don't get me wrong. Aiden Hutchinson is a great player, probably the best defense player in all of college football. I, I don't know. I think I'm fine with him finishing second, but the fact that Stroud finished behind Kenny Pickett, I was kind of like, come on. Like, Stroud got 12 first-place votes. I I don't know. I just found that shocking. He was, like, favored to win within, like, the last couple weeks of the season. The Michigan game happened, and I guess he just completely fell off. I don't know. A little upset that he finished fourth, but, hey, those are all great finalists, great players, so kudos to them. Yeah, it definitely helps that Pickett and Young and Hutchinson all had an additional game under their belts that Stroud did not get to have in terms of a championship game. Um, But yeah, certainly Alabama beating Georgia and the way that Alabama came back against Auburn, I think, really helped to secure that trophy for Young. Um, I guess what my struggle is, is that this year it – Even at the end of the season and even with those performances from Young, it really felt like no one wanted to win the Heisman. Um, It was one of those those seasons, right? Um, And it's just kind of a bummer that it takes a season like that for a defensive player who is as game-changing as Hutchinson to get the nod. Um, So we saw it a little bit, if you recall, back in 2019 when Chase Young finished third in the Heisman voting – or excuse me, fourth in the Heisman voting. Um, But it's – I don't know. I It's just kind of annoying when the Heisman goes to what is perceived to be the best player on the best team in the country. Yeah, I, I guess I agree with you. The best player on what is perceived to be the best team in the country. Right. Yeah. Um, it is kind of a cliche, but I mean, like we talked about last week, it is the first time an Alabama quarterback has won. So I guess that is a little something different. But yeah, so I wish for once a defensive player 
would win, but at the same time, I do think Bryce Young had such a great season. Um, definitely deserved it, I believe. And hey, Hutchinson did finish second, so I guess that does say something that he was the best defense player in the country, second best player overall. So yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying, but yeah, I do think that Bryce Young is the is the best player and did deserve the Heisman. And in terms of Stroud, you know, his first season as a starter, never having taken a snap in a game before this year, finishing fourth is pretty phenomenal as well. Um, He'll obviously be back in New York next year. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Um, In terms of other moves within the college football world, Megan, for the last few weeks, it feels like we've just had the coaching carousel has been going, you know, a million miles an hour. Uh, things seem to have slowed down, uh, but the big news this weekend was Manny Diaz uh, heading to Penn State to be their defensive coordinator. I think this is a huge pickup for Penn State. I honestly think this could definitely transform their program in a couple different ways. Uh, I think this could be huge for their recruiting, especially from Florida. I think he could attract some of his Florida players to Penn State and also like I said this is just a huge move like he will be the head of the defense at Penn State which is already pretty good and he's just going to take it to the next level so I really like this move for Penn State and I'm curious to see how they look next year oh for sure and you're exactly right. Penn State has had a very good defense for a very long time, putting out players like Micah Parsons, who's continued to have an outstanding rookie season in Dallas. Uh, but this simply bolsters all of that, right? Um, and there were a few years where Penn State was so competitive with Ohio State, um, you know, just a couple seasons ago, actually, uh, in the Big Ten East, and having Diaz at defensive coordinator would seem to be able to put Penn State even closer to that position again. Um, So good for the Big Ten. Makes me a little anxious as someone who has to, you know, watch your team play Penn State every year, but we shall see. Um, In terms of other news, uh, excuse me, other moves in the news, we did have a couple big stories from the transfer portal in terms of two big-name quarterbacks making moves over the weekend. Bo Nix announcing his decision to transfer was completely shocking to me. I did not see that coming at all. He's, I just feel like he's Auburn's quarterback. I mean, I just saw him returning next year. You know, he suffered that ankle injury to end a season, and I just expected him to come back one final season. But no, he announced, he announced that he was transferring, and I have no idea where he's going to go to. I don't know where he's looking, but I... I was just shocked by that. Likewise. Yeah, it felt like Auburn was very much behind him. He was very much behind Auburn. And it wasn't like he got benched, to your point. He got hurt. Um, And it felt like if he was, especially in that game against Alabama, things would have gone differently. Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so – Uh, It almost felt like that would be like, oh, for sure, like they're going to come back next year looking to, uh, you know, avenge themselves against Bama. But uh, definitely an interesting move 
um, for Knicks. But in terms of the other big news of the weekend, so we mentioned last week that Quinn Ewers had entered the transfer portal. Uh, he did make his decision to return to his home state of Texas and go to the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, Longhorn Nation seems to be really happy with this move. Um and if I was a Texas fan, then I would be too. I mean, the number one recruit in the country is now back in his home state. And I think it's going to be really good for him. You know, he was homesick. So I think this will be better for him to be close to home. And I think he might get the starting role right away. There's no, like, main Texas quarterback after Sam Ellinger went to the pros. And now I think the starting job is up for grabs. And I definitely think that he could grab it. I think this experience at Ohio State has been really good for him, helped him adjust to college, and now I think that he might be ready. So I'm sure Texas is excited about this. I'm excited to see how he does, and I think it was a good move for him. Definitely. Um, and we'll see how you know all of this plays out. Uh, he did obviously lose a, a season of spring ball uh, because of his decision to reclass uh, late over the summer. Um, and so we'll see if this becomes a trend. Ohio State did snag a safety who did also reclass into the class earlier. Um, but that decision got made a lot sooner. And so he'll have the full spring ball, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's, a, again, a very interesting story, hoping for the best for him uh, as he returns to his home state. Um, but yeah, weird, weird college football trends, especially with the NIL, with the transfer portal, um, and all of the opportunities that these offer to players. Um, we are going to switch gears a little bit and talk about college basketball, which is very much in full sprint, full swing. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break first to so stay with us. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So as I mentioned before the break, uh, we have big news from college basketball. Maybe not big news, but it's exciting news because Ohio State beat number 22 Wisconsin and is on a four-game winning streak after beating what was then top-ranked Duke. Ohio State is looking good this season, and they're such an exciting team to watch. I mean, obviously the start of the season was a little shaky, you know, almost lost our first game to Akron. Suffered that loss to Xavier, but it looks like they've really gotten it together and they just look great. I mean, like EJ Liddell said after this win against Wisconsin, he said when they got everything together, he thinks that they're the best team in the country. And that could definitely be argued for because it just seems like there's no clear cut number one right now. There's just so many upsets. Obviously, Gonzaga lost early, Duke lost, Purdue just lost to Rutgers, like there's just no clear number one. And I think Ohio State could definitely, you know, it could be talked about that they're definitely up there. So such an exciting team to watch. And yeah, four game win streak. They're just looking really good right now. 
Agreed. Um, and you know, it's it what's good about the college basketball season as opposed to the college football season is it is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Um, what happens at the very beginning of the season, sure, you have an opportunity to get those big non-conference wins. Spoiler, Ohio State did. But you also have time to grow and develop as a team, right? Uh, Ohio State lost basically all of its guards from last year um, and was really relying almost exclusively on Liddell for scoring very early. Um, but Justin Aarons has come on. Kyle Young has gotten so good. He's led the Buckeyes in scoring the last two games. Uh, or excuse me, before Wisconsin, he had led Ohio State in scoring the last two games. Um, and so, you know, relying on these forwards to kind of anchor the team. Um, and then we do have kind of this set um, of young guards who have come on strong for Ohio State. Um, and as they've grown and they're continuing to improve every game, it feels like Ohio State could be a very complete team by the time they get into the thick of their Big Ten play. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, Kyle Young has stepped up huge this season. Both He had, what, 14, 15 rebounds against Wisconsin, and he's doing well shooting, too, with these threes especially. So he's kind of a shocking player that I didn't really expect to do this well so early on. And then, yeah, the young guards, Malachi Branham, Michi Johnson, they're both showing up big, uh, both freshmen, and... I just think they're doing really great. I mean, obviously, they're young. They're making mistakes, but they're aggressive. They're getting a lot of playing time for being as young as they are, and I just think they're doing really well. This team just really seems to mesh well together. Um, there's a lot of good energy. They just play well together, so definitely excited to see what they can do the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention Zed Key, uh, another forward who's doing really well. Um who also has had a couple of monster games uh, recently for Ohio State. Uh, but the one other player I wanted to talk about was Jamari Wheeler. So, you know, we're talking, you mentioned the two freshman guards that Ohio State has. Uh, Wheeler is a grad transfer pr- from Penn State, um, who was really good at Penn State and super efficient. Uh, and he has one of the highest assist to turnover ratios in the Big Ten and the nation uh, for Ohio State so far this season. Um, so hoping he can start turning on the point scoring a little bit more, uh, but uh, certainly appreciate his efficiency at the point guard position. Um, Ohio State has another big non-conference test. They face number 10 Kentucky Saturday. Yeah, and that one's in Las Vegas, so that one should be interesting. Um, but Kentucky just went down to Notre Dame. So I don't know. I think we definitely, we definitely have a chance, obviously. And I think it'll be a good game, but I honestly think we might come out on top. I don't think Kentucky is just on their game this year, at least not yet. And I'm, I cannot wait to watch this game. I think it's going to be so good. Yeah, definitely lots of momentum for Ohio state right now. Um, on also in Ohio State hoops, uh, women's basketball is 20th in the AP poll. They did just drop a game to number 10 Indiana last night, uh, but we did have strong performances from J.C. Sheldon and Taylor. Is it Mike Sell? Yes. Mike Sell. Thank you. Um, <laughs> have you had a chance to watch any of the women's games this year? Yeah, I have. I actually love watching the women's. I think it's so fun. And J.C. Sheldon is just – she's unbelievable. She's – obviously the clear star of this team 
And she seems to score at least 20 points every game. She's their leading scorer. And yeah, she obviously had another 20-point game last night. Um, They did lose, but Indiana is a really good program. They've just been really great on the women's side the past few years now. And it was a respectable game. Um, They had a Ohio State had a pretty good amount of turnovers, so that was probably one of the main factors for them. But they did look pretty good um, offensively. And Taylor Mikesell, she's a three-point machine, so she had a few more threes last night. Uh, they're just they're really interesting to watch. I think they're really fun to watch. And this was their first big test, and they did lose. But hey, it's early in the season, like you said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So yeah, I just love watching them. Yep. Um, And then something that we, you know, hardly ever talk about on this show uh, is NBA basketball. Um, But we've got some big news. Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry is literally about to break Ray Allen's all-time three-point record. Yeah, he just needs seven more three-pointers and then he'll be the leader. And this is just really interesting to watch because – I mean, he really doesn't need that many, so you'd think maybe he'd do it in one or two games, but it's been a few games now, and he opened up about the pressure to break this record, and it's clearly affecting him. Like, he only had, I believe it was three three-pointers against Philadelphia, and, like, I can imagine, I mean, I can't, but, you know, I can only imagine that this is a ton of pressure, and he's he has so many attempts every game, but they're just not falling in, so... I don't know if he'll get it. He plays, I believe they play the Pacers. We're recording this on Monday, so tonight. So he needs seven more three-pointers. I don't know if he'll get it tonight. I would say it would take him two more games to get it. But either way, such a huge accomplishment for him. And he's not even close to being done playing. So kudos to Steph, and I can't wait to see him beat the record. Yeah. Uh, Well, that leads us in very nicely. Uh, Shall we do our shout-outs? Yes, let's do them. Um, mine is definitely a sad one. I just want to shout out Demarius Thomas, the Broncos, all of his loved ones. Such a devastating loss last week. Um, so unexpected. And he's such a great player, five-time Pro Bowler, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. And just such a sad loss. I mean, everyone around the league is just talking about how what a great person he was. He's such a light to everyone. Um, so definitely a sad loss for, for the sports community. Yeah. Um, I'm going to piggyback on that and shout out the Denver Broncos organization as a whole. Uh, obviously this loss was just devastating and so unexpected, like you said. Um, but the Broncos, they are, they set up a memorial outside of Mile High Stadium, um, and are definitely doing what they can to honor Thomas, uh, again, who passed away last week at the age of 33. Um, so certainly keeping his family and uh, his loved ones in our thoughts this week. Yeah, for sure. I think there's just been such a great response from everyone around the league. Everyone knew how great of a player in person he was. So love to see all the love and support pouring in. But yeah, definitely keeping them in our thoughts this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Peyton. Man- they showed Peyton Manning visiting the memorial yesterday oh, with yeah. his whole family. Yeah. yeah, that was that was sad. But he had obviously it's Peyton Manning, so he had a lot of great things to say about Demarius. So 
yeah, love to see his support as well. You know, him and his whole family showing up for him. Yeah, certainly, like we said, keeping keeping him and his family and his community in our thoughts. All right, that's all we have for today. Uh, sorry to end on such a note, but as a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at Langrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go backs.